So I wanted to spend a bit of time talking about the reward systems in our brain, mostly because there's a lot of talk about dopamine these days. And I think that that's really great that people are talking about neurochemicals, including dopamine, um, especially dopamine, actually, but because it means that people are recognizing that the activities that we engage in, so like our behaviors, whether it's like social media consumption or like binge watching or even screen time are related to um, chemicals, like our neurochemicals. And it's also important, I think, or it sort of feeds into this awareness that we're gaining that chemicals and the brain areas that they work within um, also control what we do and in turn are also influenced by what we do. So there's this bi-directional relationship between um, the sort of internal functioning of our, our brain um, and our behaviors. So they influence each other. And I also want to just be clear that, you know, when we're talking about these naturally occurring chemicals like dopamine inside of our brain, these are the same chemicals that drugs influence. So oftentimes it's because those drugs are pretending to be those chemicals. But this uh, awareness, I think, is important because, uh, you know, we often for a lot of for a while, we put a lot of emphasis on understanding drug addictions. And um, there are, you know, from the brain's perspective, addictions can be um, can be for behavioral things. So things that we actually do, because at the end of the day, how the brain is processing these behaviors or mediating these behaviors is chemically related. So it's, it's mediated by the chemicals. So I do think it's fair that we talk about things like social media addiction or binge watching um, in these terms that are very much related to what we've sort of historically been calling uh, drug related addictions. Um, and I think that that's really important to really understand how we are influenced by some of these um, experiences that we are um, that are happening within our environment. So what do we, uh, you know, let's go into the depth of this. I just want I'm not talking for very long, but I just want to talk about dopamine and how one of the problems is that actually the good thing is that we associate dopamine with reward. But I want to break that down just a little bit and talk about um how that reward isn't uh, fully understood. And we usually think about it as just pleasure, but it's more than just pleasure. And we can think about the, the reward system being the components of at least three different uh, psychological experiences. So liking, wanting, and learning. So liking refers to sort of the core reactions to hedonic impact. So hedonic being like something that you really want. Um, and the reaction to that is the, the, the feeling of this feeling good. Um, wanting is actually one of the core processes in reward. And we typically only think about reward as the liking part, but wanting is actually the dominant part of the reward process. So that's the motivation to get the thing that we like. So to get that um, that incentive salience by that, that's just a psychological term to refer to the object that is desired. So we, uh, the wanting is a very core um, process in the reward system. And that's the part that I think most people miss when they're talking about like the dopamine hits um, and like, you know, 
associating dopamine with reward. Wanting isn't reward itself. It's the motivation and the desire to get something, which inherently isn't rewarding. Um, It is a, a seeking behavior of getting to that thing that we think is pleasurable, which is which invokes the liking. The other component that's really important to understand is the learning component, which is um, just basic associations between like a stimulus and um, a response or a behavior. Um, And that's the part that keeps us doing these things. So keeps us engaging in the wanting because we know we're going to get the liking. So we've associated our behavior, what we're doing with um, the getting of the thing that we want. So uh, let's talk about how that actually works in terms of controlling our behavior. So we have a behavior. That behavior can be anything, but let's take the behavior of scrolling, for example. Um, So just using TikTok as one example, Um, maybe gaming behavior. Um, I think about screen time because I have a seven-year-old. So, you know, the the, um, behavior of watching the screen, watching a show, playing a game, whatever it is. There are consequences um, to that behavior. So once we engage in a behavior, um, the part of this cycle that's like related to learning is what are the consequences of that behavior? So from a learning theory perspective, we have either a rough re- um, a, a behavior or a consequence, sorry, that increases the likelihood of that behavior happening in the future. That's called reinforcement. The alternative, of a consequence is that we have a consequence that decreases the likelihood of that behavior. So it's a punishment. I don't want to talk about the punishment. I want to focus on reinforcement because that's the part that's related to dopamine. Um, also, when you know when I'm talking about the consequence here, what what I'm also talking about is a stimulus. So those in sort of a psychology frame of mind who've had any kind of background with that would understand this as like the stimulus that influences our behavior. Um, So, you know, if we think about um, some of our behaviors, let's just like uh, go through that. So a scrolling behavior might be um, something that we engage in. And the consequence, the positive consequence to that is that we find content that we like. So we find a funny video or an informative video or, you know, whatever it is. So the consequence there is a reinforcement because it increases the likelihood that we will do that again in the future. It is a positive stimulus. So it's something um, that we like. So this is part of that liking behavior that I was talking about before. So that influences the behavior for the future. Um, That increases knowing that we now created this association. So this, I do this behavior and then this is the consequence that facilitates this behavior. So it increases the likelihood that I will do that again in the future. Um, That's the learning component. So now we've got um, a situation where the behavior of scrolling initially was neutral. It didn't, you know, if you imagine back ever to like before ever even using a phone or watching a screen or engaging in any kind of social media, we didn't know what it was. But that very first time we got a, a hit, So that positive stimulus, that increased that behavior for the future, because we want that. We are now motivated, our behavior changes, we will do that more so that we get that hit. So 
the background for that gives us an understanding of, I think, hopefully, of how we can control this system and make better use of it to control our behavior and actually lead to healthy habits, um, better mental health and well-being, really. And, you know, one of the things, there's sort of two behaviors that we want to control on this. The first is behaviors are or our behaviors that are bad for us. So what we need to do is we need to unlearn or extinguish that relationship between the consequence or the stimulus and the behavior. So that relationship we need to dismantle. So in other words, we need to stop doing the shit that's bad for us. Um, and as long as we keep doing that, what we're doing is we're continuing that cycle and we're making that behavior that leads to that you know, good content or the, or the, the hit from the colors. If you're thinking of a little kid, you know, the hits they get are the, you know, the, um, the stimulation from the colors, the sounds, everything. So if we want to stop that, then we have to stop the behavior. That's the uncomfortable part because we're still motivated to go do it. When that becomes really hard, one of the things we could do is try to replace it with other things that we um, that we do think are positive behaviors. So how can we uh, do other things that we know can work on that same circuit, that same reward circuit? Um, and then we can make decisions on what we wanna do. So here's an example of something else that we could do um, in terms of uh, replacing or having a new behavior that we wanna establish a positive reinforcement for. Exercise is a good example. Uh, or or working out or fitness, you know, whatever you want to call it. But what happens is that we do get an initial charge from that exercise. So we get endorphins, which are another classification of neurochemicals that circulate in our body that make us feel really good. Those are released when we do a workout. It also, the workouts also release um, or reduce the stress hormones that we might have. So those are consequences to the behavior of working out or exercising or just engaging in fitness, okay? Those are pretty immediate and uh, we can probably establish that connection pretty quickly by continuing to do that. So just engaging in a regular routine, um, even if you just plan to do five minutes a day um, to start with, that can help reinforce that. And then we start getting into a habit and we learn or unconsciously that exercise feels good because those things, higher endorphins and reduced stress hormones feels good. Long-term, there's other benefits. So if we engage in this over and over again, we also start to see things like we are stronger, faster, we're more powerful. And if it matters to you, we also start to feel things like, or see things like we look better. Maybe our body feels like it looks better for us because it's more toned and it feels more, strong, fast, and powerful. So those are more long-term things, but they also are reinforcers for continuing that behavior of working out and engaging in exercise. I also think that problem solving is a good example of something that we can engage in that has initial benefits that are chemically mediated, endorphins, lower stress, like we feel the relief from having figured out a problem. Um, but in long-term benefits of that um, and long-term consequences are feeling competent, smart, maybe successful and accomplished. Um, and that can also reinforce that behavior of engaging in problem-solving activities. 
And that can be applied to like work. It can be applied to like whatever you want. Um, it's a very good skill to have and it's valuable to have that reinforced. Another example I think is uh, socializing, especially because I know there's a lot of people who are struggling with socializing after the pandemic. And so socializing itself can also, so the consequence of socializing is that we feel a burst of oxytocin, which is a chemical that's related to bonding. Um, we can also feel lower stress hormones, which is also really helpful for us. So those immediate chemical bursts can increase um, the behavior or help reinforce us socializing in the future. Dopamine is also part of this too, because we're getting the benefits. I just sort of uh, took that uh, for granted that we all understood that dopamine was also mediating this because it's a rewarding experience. Um, so that's also part of this, but those ones will also offer extra health benefits and um, support the initial uh, connection between this behavior and the likelihood of doing it again in the future. We also can feel connected. Um, heard, seen, and accepted. And those are things that can also continue to build long-term as we continue to engage in this behavior. So all of this relates to habit formation. So on the one hand, what we need to do is break some of those bad habits that we have that are so strongly ingrained within us because they're working on this very important dopamine system that is getting us access to good things that we want. But in addition to breaking those old habits, what we can do is replace them with some of the good habits that make us feel good. Here's a, a nice little uh, image that comes from an article on Healthline. Um, the link is at the bottom there. Um, and, you know, just as an example of something else you can do, they talk about like the cue and I, I didn't really talk about the cues, but um, cues are also part of the learning process, but they're things that signal that I want to engage in something. So um, even just having our phone present is a cue that I could go get that hit, that dopamine hit from whatever social media I get it from. Um, so that then um, relates to, or that invokes those feelings of craving. So it's already starting that dopamine surge because it's um, priming our, our brain to experience that. What we need to do then is in between the craving and going towards the thing that normally we go to, what we can do is choose a different response. And this is where initially it won't feel good, but as you continue to learn, the dopamine will mediate that and eventually um, we'll get short-term benefits, but eventually we'll get some long-term benefits as well. Um, and then we'll... This will be supported through a whole reward circuitry that involves not just like the hit, but the learning about the hit and the liking and the motivation to get the hit. So all of this means that we also need to sometimes just kick our own butt into gear um, and trust that our dopamine system will kick in and support this process. So hopefully this was helpful for you. Um, it's helpful for me to think about um, my own brain and how I need to sometimes kick my butt into gear. Last thing I'll say is a little strategy sometimes I use with the exercise is that I find it hard sometimes to go to the gym or go for a long run. And I never, ever plan to go to the gym for like two hours or three hours or like, or even go for like a 60 minute run. 
Um, what I do is I plan to go for like five minutes. And I know that once I get there, I start feeling like the endorphins are running. My stress hormones are starting to be reduced. Like the, the whole system just starts to kick in. These are all the cues that start to prime my brain to crave more of the exercise. And then inevitably, 99.9% of the time, I end up going for a longer run or I stay at the gym longer as long as I have the time for it. Um, and my body loves it. And, you know, same thing with studying, like, or reading a book, um, you know, eventually I get into something and it feels really good. So I kick it for five minutes and then, then the, my nerve, my nervous system can take charge after that. So hopefully that was helpful and uh, let me know if you have any thoughts. Thank you.